We are back on the emergency goalies. Another eventful week on and off the ice. And I guess we'll get to the off ice stuff first. Uh, Joel Quenville was fired by the Panthers or agreed to move on, whatever term you want to apply for that. But he's no longer the coach. And surprisingly, and not for the better, the Jets have not fired uh, Shovel Day off, which I don't understand, but uh, whatever. But I'll just, obviously with Quenville, it was uh, the right move. And But I'll ask you, Michael. I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly that we believe that anybody who was aware that was uh, involved in that meeting and the decision to not take any steps should all be relieved of duties and uh, hopefully be done in the National Hockey League. And that includes Gwenville and Shovel Dayov. And so I'm happy to see Gwenville gone. And I wish the Jets would uh, do their part, but so far it has not occurred. Yep. And um, obviously the other uh, big aspect of this is that We now know who the Blackhawks player, I mean, it was out there before, but I purposely, like we mentioned before, I didn't look it up. I didn't try to figure it out, but. Yeah, I, um, I had, I had no intention of even mm -hmm. looking or trying to figure it out, but I I think it was like, even like an hour after we recorded last week, I Mm -hmm. think is when Kyle Beach came forward. Yes. And yeah, it was really you know, I don't, everyone said everything that really brave thing to do and helping others and what he went through was just horrible. And, but yeah, just obviously if you're a, I don't know, listeners are aware of Kyle Beach was a first round pick, highly touted, never made the NHL. And it was just one of those things that for years, people, you know, just accounted it to being like, he was a bust. He never worked out, but obviously now we know that there is so much more going on. Right. Yeah. And I, and I saw some links to some articles from uh, 2011. So, you know, the season following uh, the, the, the incident and, you know, some quotes from uh, some Blackhawks personnel, you know, talking about, you know, how Beach didn't have his head in it and blah, 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 stuff like that. And it just, it adds a whole new context (laughs) to everything with that. Um, Yeah, I, you know, obviously a completely horrible thing that happened to him. Uh, I, you know, I wish, you know, that this could have all been addressed 10 years ago, but um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad he's at least comfortable enough with it to, uh, to come forward now. Um, you know, I certainly don't blame anybody in his position from being traumatized by it and, you know, maybe not ready to confront it, uh, right away, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that, uh, 
you know, it was left up to the Blackhawks to kind of address things and they obviously dropped the ball and, you know, it led to Mm -hmm. Aldrich being basically allowed to leave without any repercussions, which, um, you know, I, we've talked about in the past when you are a successful organization and, you know, a guy that has his name on the Stanley cup and all that, if you don't say why you are letting this guy go, you are essentially giving him a letter of recommendation, Mm -hmm. you know, figuratively. And, you know, so Mm -hmm. he of course moved on and, uh, you know, uh, was able to abuse people at other at future stops. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's not good. Right. But, um, I was going to add too about, you know, if you think about it, we were talking about the players had to know that were in that locker room. I mean, I could be wrong, but they had to know. Yeah. I, I absolutely believe that they knew, um, you know, whether or not they knew that season, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this occurred, I think it was during the Western conference finals, and, uh, you know, the, the team obviously went on to win the Stanley Cup that year, whether or not the the players on the team um, knew at that point or if they found out, you know, the next training camp or whatever. Um, I do believe all of them knew. Um, you know, there's There's been several players that have come forward that have basically said everybody knew. Others have said, you know, oh, they found out the next training camp and others have said they didn't find out about it until um, – you know, the lawsuits came about, um, you know, that's the sort of thing where, um, you know, especially memories from 11 years ago um, can be pretty hazy mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, memory isn't, uh, <laughs> isn't the most reliable thing um, for the people claiming that everybody knew as well as for the people who say that they didn't know or did know and, you know, when they actually knew what, I, I, those are the sort of details that um, I things can get hazy. Yeah, I just you know I I can't say with any certainty that you know what you know what who knew what when and you know even the ones who say that yeah you know I knew right away or I knew six months later or whatever I I, I don't know that I fully trust any of that because it's it's it, it's one of those things where the I mean, human memory is not perfect and, and people conflate things, and yes. especially when you're dealing with something that far, along, you know, behind, but, mm-hmm. you know, for, so for, to me, the, where the, the, the attention needs to be focused and, uh, you know, the, the things that we, we know for certain occurred and, and who was in the meeting and, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the people that can... were, yeah, I mean, you know. All, all that stuff is recorded and we, we, we know happened. Um, whereas, you know, locker room stuff and, you know, yeah. uh, 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 even outside the locker room mm-hmm. conversations, I, we're never going to know. And I, so, yeah, it's all I mean, I'm very disappointed with Taves and Kane mostly for um, their comments um, in the aftermath yeah, where yeah. they like backed up Bowman and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's, that's what I'm most upset about. Um, you know, obviously well, yeah, there's also those, the, I'm sorry. I was going to say, it's one of those where they're like, you know, they were always good to me. 
Right. Like, well, yes. Yeah. Just Take because somebody was good to you does not make them a good person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, then obviously there was also the the homophobic slurs mm-hmm. and stuff that were mm-hmm. reported to have occurred. And, um, you know, again, I that's going back to mm-hmm. details from 11 years ago where I, I mean, I've been in enough hockey, hockey locker rooms and, yes. and at hockey games mm-hmm. and where you know, that stuff is yeah. so common. The hockey um, culture. Yeah. The is, hockey culture is a thing. Yeah. It it's always to been toxic. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I absolutely believe all that stuff occurred, um, whether or not people were consciously doing it or, you know, I just, mm-hmm. again, it's, it's, it's awful stuff. And um, you know, uh, I was never super comfortable with having Patrick King representing mm-hmm. the Blackhawks anyway, given, no, no. you know, the cabbie incident we, we've talked and of, yeah. uh, some of his, we've other, talked about that a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at least back then, uh, you know, I, uh, it, it seemed like Jonathan Taze was a pretty good guy and everything, mm-hmm. but it, as the years went along, um, and you see and, and, and heard some of the things, you know, and just even going back to like 2016 or whatever. And uh, that series against the blues, I think it was the blues. And I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. They, they like David, they knocked David Backus unconscious or something out on the ice. Mm-hmm. It, it basically gave him a, a concussion and like, you I know, Duncan Keith and the other lead and Seabrook were, you know, making fun of him. Uh, you know, while yes. the guy was clearly injured, you know, stuff like that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's the leadership yeah. of the Blackhawks. And, and, and so that's obviously what the culture was like at the time throughout, all, you know, all three championships. Yes. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's been a long time since I, you know, held though any of those guys up as any sort well, of, as we've, <laughs> as we've learned, you can't put too much of your, under your sports teams, you're always going to be disappointed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's, you know, I, the only thing I can take away is that, you know, hopefully this is something that can propel some change. Um, I'm skeptical. Well, you know, the <laughs> but, one thing that does make me feel better is that um, the best comments we've heard from this are from two younger guys to bring it Murphy. So you're hoping that maybe the younger generation might be yeah. hopefully moving on. I hope so. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I remain hopeful that with each generation that this progresses, but at the same time, we shouldn't have to wait for, no. for, for generations to pass yeah. for um, this sort of progress to be made. And well, yeah, you know, so it's, it's disheartening on that yes. regard. I'll just, I'll just say one more thing about the whole Blackhawks, the whole thing, like back then, especially you really got to be like, these were two high draft picks in a row for two years with you, Akima Lou and Kyle beach that you just, you know, the organization let them down. (laughs) I mean, such a bad environment to be in that it, it ruined their careers. And yeah. that that's you know that's rough. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's 
you know, it obviously throws a, you know, a pall over the whole era. And I, I, I do think that they made the right decision to postpone or cancel like the Marion Hosa night. Um, Cause you know, I think at least in that regard, I think they made the right statement in that, Hey, you know, this isn't exactly the, the right time to uh, celebrate um, uh, those teams right now. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that's, Yeah, I, I mean, I don't all know you can do, really you know, anything else to add. Yeah, all you can do is try to move forward and hopefully better. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I guess from that uplifting stuff, we go to the On Ice product, which... Blackhawks yeah, got to win. <laughs> well, yes, it's, that's true. And yeah, they beat uh, Ottawa, who obviously not very good, but hey, neither are the Blackhawks. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, 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 team as a whole played a little better and over the mm-hmm. past week, um, you know, still not good enough, not where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they played, you know, well, I guess if you think about it, yeah. the senators, if you think about it, they've, uh, switched their, um, mode of operating from never taking a lead to taking a lead in every game and then <laughs> giving up that lead. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, certainly in the last game here against the Hurricanes uh, yesterday, that was pretty disheartening in that they came out, struggled a little bit, but then found their footing, played a, like a good final 10 minutes of the first period, played pretty strong throughout the entire second period, and then just right from the puck drop in the third period, they mm-hmm. just they, they let up and Carolina – responded with um you know some pressure and they were able to tie the game up and then take the lead um but then the blackhawks continued to get chances because they kept drawing some penalties um you know they weren't generating much five on five but they Mm -hmm. were forcing carolina into some penalties and Mm -hmm. that whole second half of the third period they had power play opportunities and you know the power play has been good all year but it wasn't very good Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, over those last 10 minutes and the yeah, Hawks just, just weren't able that. to capitalize and get the point out of it that they, you know, really needed. Um, yes. So. Um, I will say that we'll get into some of this because, um, you know, the way this lineup is being put together right now, I know we we I'm, talked I'm about it not on, a fan. The, on the internet, but just for those of you who don't, don't see our uh, Twitter feed, yeah. Uh, they have a lot, a lot of fourth fourth liner, liner types. Yeah, I mean, basically yeah, in that many. last game against Carolina, they dressed five fourth liners, and yes. you're not going to be able to to you know compete very consistently against mm-hmm. a team like Carolina when you're dressing that many guys that just don't have the skill to score, mm-hmm. and. You know, it was one thing a couple of games ago when they had so many guys in the COVID protocol mm-hmm. and, you know, you just had to, I mean, they were essentially fielding or, you know, they were essentially icing a team with, you know, w- with whatever they could yeah. put together. And that included a bunch of fourth liners and, you know, Hey, I, I, I didn't blame them for that, but in this last game here yesterday, Dylan Schroen was available. Henrik Borgstrom mm-hmm. had come off the COVID list. He was also available 
and Colleton still chose to dress, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Reese Johnson, who's been worthless the entire time. You know, I mean, he came up because of the COVID protocol stuff, mm-hmm. and he was he was bad. And yes, this felt like one of those things where it was like, oh, this was the lineup that we won with. So you gotta, so we've yeah, got to keep it together. But it, it you know, it, it's not putting your best team out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, I have my problems with Dylan Strom. Uh, Borgstrom wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire before, mm-hmm. but you know, they're guys that have the upside. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they have top nine upside. <laughs> um, now, if they're on, you know, if they're on for a game, like if they're playing good right. in a game, that's a big, that's an impact. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, in, in that Carolina game, you know, they were, putting Ryan Carpenter with yes. on the second line with giant Jonathan Taves. That was awful. Um, and then, you then know, they also had Hardman playing and he played at least had a good game, but then the mm-hmm. actual fourth line of Johnson um, and whistle and uh, Cara just got absolutely cratered yes. by they got killed. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, uh, I, I don't understand the philosophy of, of doing that. And mm-hmm. You know, I just uh, I'm hopeful that, you know, like maybe Tyler Johnson and I, there's still somebody else who's out too, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Trying uh, to think. Yeah. I don't know, but you know, either way we've got to start, mm-hmm. you know, either motivating some of these skill guys to do the things that Colleton needs them or, you know, expects them to do. Cause otherwise this is just, I mean, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah, you're never going to score enough goals if you're if, with that type of team. Being I mean, if you you know, ice. they were going for the to tie the score late in the game. They had you know power play after power play, but they had Ryan Carpenter as the middle, the guy in the middle of the power play, and it's just like that's not going to work. Yeah. They, you know, he was. They were you know moving the puck around, and they get you know you get these things where they look like they're going to pass. To Carpenter, and then they pull pull back and go yep. back around. It's like you know, they know and then, if they put it on his stick, it's not going to be good, right? And then you know they had you know so many power play opportunities, and so you know Kane was out there a lot, and you know Seth Jones was out there a lot, and you know that's great, um, but because of the lineup that they iced when those power plays ended, and they had the final minute. You know, yeah, Kane had to come liners. off, and it, it, you had Carpenter and Hardman out there mm-hmm. at the same time yes. in the final minute of the game when you needed a goal, and that—that's just awful. That's bad coaching. That's—I uh, mm-hmm. I, just—I don't, 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 don't understand that. No, and and yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of funny because Carlton's a young guy, you know, young coach, but. Mm-hmm. The very old school mindset where, you know, you've got to be hard on the puck. You've got to be grinders. Well, you got to, you know. I, I mean, I, he expects all of, uh, and, and I agree with him in that all of your guys have to be engaged. And mm-hmm. if you're not pressuring the puck, you have to win board battles. And there are guys like Dylan Strom who, aren't good at those. Don't do that. Yes. And you know, that, that is a reason why like Dylan Strom, you know, everybody's like, Oh, you gotta, I I don't really care if we give Dylan Strom that many more chances or blah, blah, blah. He, I I think we even talked about it two years ago 
where I'm, my impression of Dylan Strom has always been he's a guy that's a decent second line center on a bad team. But if you ever hope to compete, he's yeah, the guy that you have to uh, upgrade. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, right now we're a bad team and I would rather Dylan Strom be playing than some mm-hmm. of these other guys be playing. But Dylan Strom isn't an answer for what is the problem with the Blackhawks right now. Well, I just think it's funny that the quote, I was reading the quote today from Carlton and he said, we've got to be, you know, you know, grinding team, do this stuff, like Carolina. Exactly. And I was thinking, yes, but Carolina has the most skilled roster in the NHL. Right. Now those guys try hard, yes. but they can afford to keep guys on the fourth line because their top three lines are probably the well, best in the NHL. But you also look at their fourth line. They had Seth Jarvis out there, and mm-hmm. Seth Jarvis was like the 12th pick in the draft a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. And honestly, I thought he was one of the 10 best guys in that draft. And he, he was phenomenal. And, mm-hmm. you know, you look back at when the Blackhawks were competing, you had Michael Froelich, who was mm-hmm. a top 10 draft pick. Yes. You had Marcus Kruger, who never really developed into the offensive player that the Blackhawks hoped. But mm-hmm. he was a guy that, you know, as he was coming up, was expected to s- score and did have some skill and, um, you know, didn't translate the best but he was at least a guy that could play with you know a skilled guy like for a week and um you know i I mean we we you know i've talked about in the past a little bit of oh you know it would be nice to you know have the guys like mackenzie entwistle and some of these guys come up and prove that they could be fourth liners Uh, you know ideally you have second and third line caliber players that are forced to play fourth line that's Um, yeah and, you know, and then if you got to fill out, you know, maybe the 12th spot or something with a guy like Entwistle, you know, okay, mm-hmm. fine. You know, you do still have to have some role players, that sort yeah. of thing. But, but that's, I was thinking it was so funny. It's like, you've got a guy like that. Well, no, they, they but, have the puck all the time. So, I mean, in Colleton's defense, I mean, they have the puck all the time because they skate hard. They put pressure on the mm-hmm. opposing team, forcing those guys into turnovers. That's how you get the puck. That's how the Blackhawks used to get the puck. Yes. They outskated people and their stick were all their sticks were always in the right place. Mm-hmm. They broke up passes. Those are the things that the Blackhawks do yes. not currently do. And I understand mm-hmm. Colleton's frustration with it. Yeah. Uh, but that's the, the part Black... that drives me crazy though, is that he thinks the solution is to put more fourth liners right, right. against his team. And it's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's where I do have an issue with it is. Yeah. I mean, you don't, I mean, I understand maybe trying to motivate, the guys by healthy scratching them and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, you've been healthy scratching them for how long? And they're still, yes. uh, you, you've got to give them a chance to actually respond. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, 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 I both agree with Cal- what Colleton is saying, but also disagreeing with his mm-hmm. uh, methods of trying to get that out of the team. Yes. But at the same time, uh, there's just there's flawed players on this roster and it's, it's very much it's it's be- becoming exposed and um you know then it's just a separate question of whether or not Colleton's actually a good enough coach to, yes. to, to 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 motivate these guys and the answer to both questions could be no, could be, yeah. no the, the roster's not good enough and no mm-hmm. Colleton's not a good enough coach um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just touch on one more thing then um well for I mean I was getting feeling better about 
flurry and then the yeah and you know he was good you know he was kind of like the rest of the team he was good through the first two periods and then yes. as the team fell apart he also fell apart and then yeah that fourth goal was awful it's that was the you know something that he had to to get and um had that had he actually made that stop it, it you did feel like the blackhawks probably could have came away with mm-hmm. a point you know against a good team like that yes. and Mm-mm. so yeah once again this is not just you know a failure of a defensive system or i mean the the blackhawks offensive players have been getting chances they've been shooting poorly mm-hmm. uh, they or fumbling pucks or you know making a pass and it's not quite in a guy's wheelhouse Mm-hmm. They 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 kind of oh, solved yeah. that for one game against Ottawa mm-hmm. and then part of the game against Carolina. They were do, they they mm-hmm. were connecting on that stuff, but for a little it, bit, yeah, yeah, until the third period. Well, I was um, going to say too, um, just like having situational awareness, there is like the goal that um, one of the goals Carolina scored. <laughs> you had Seth Jones out with Gustafson. Yeah. And I mean, I know they're not paired together and it was probably just, you know, a snafu mm-hmm. with the line changes. Yes, but <laughs> um, yeah. you had Seth Jones got super aggressive. Yep. Like a huge pinch. Yep. With Gustafson being his partner and yep. play didn't work. Yep. Went the other way. You have Gustafson on the two on one and yeah, that's not going to work. Right. That's That's two guys that are trying to be aggressive and they don't, they just, you, you can't have them mm-hmm. both out at the same time. Yeah. And you, you have to know if you're Seth Jones, I cannot pinch right now with Gustafson right. as my partner. Yeah. But, and I mean, you know, they, they have called up Nick Baudin today. So it sounds like he's probably going to play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe he replaces Gustafson. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm just hoping that Kalanuk and, and Jones can get back pretty soon. And well, actually, um, there's this weird, I actually know why that, um, they've called up Bodan. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you saw, um, since Stillman had COVID and their next game's in Winnipeg. You have to oh, go he can't games. go to Carol or he can't go to Canada. Uh, yes. <laughs> good. Yes. about four more games. Okay, so he's gonna or four he's more gonna games. Be playing for Stillman, not playing for yes. Gustafson. Okay, well that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's just one of those things where hopefully Gustafson's yes either sent down to the AHL or um, waived and claimed um, once the other guys get healthy. I mean, I can't really blame them for for taking the risk on Gustafson. No, no, they had to. You know, they were they were desperate with with the the injuries late in camp. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you have a guy like that, you have to be very careful with how you deploy them. Yeah, and, and you know, it's least... just yeah, and but it's it, also just the whole thing with pinching is kind of an art. It's not like a yeah. science, but. The Blackhawks yeah. have not done it well. No, and, and and it's not just been Jones and and Gustafson who have struggled with that. It's been the entire defensive core. Um, and you know, part of the issue, uh, you know, there there wouldn't be quite as big of a spotlight on, you know, some of the mistakes that Jones and Gustafson have made had 
um, Connor Murphy and Jake McCabe actually been holding up their, yes. their end of things as a, you know, the Blackhawks scheduled shutdown pairing. Um, mm-hmm. Both of those guys have been bad. Um, you know, I mean, Jake McCabe has been um, borderline horrid in mm-hmm. a vast majority of the games this year. Connor Murphy has kind of bounced between being okay and being bad in just about every game. And yeah. it hasn't mattered whether they've played together or they've mm-hmm. started to separate them. They haven't been playing the way that the Blackhawks need them to play. And that is a huge, huge, huge yes. problem for the Blackhawks. Big problem. Those two have to be much, much, much better than they have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's just we have the situation where just, yeah, yeah I things mean, are not going well. Right. And there's, I mean, it's tough because so many players are, are struggling at the same time. And, you know, at some point in the season, things are going to turn around. The team's going to play better than they are, or, you know, and at some point they're actually going to have good luck. Um, you know, I mean, part of, part of the, how they built the lead, um, you know, was that bounce or, you know, that, that lofting pass, deflected, and yes. it deflected and it went right to the brink at, you know, that's the type of thing that was not happening to the Blackhawks in the first 10 games. No. Like that, I, it, that was happening against them where like, you know, pucks were deflecting off of two defensemen's legs and going into the net. Um, and there was just, they, they had none of that stuff happening for them the first 10 games. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of felt, Oh, you know, finally, maybe things maybe are kind of yeah. turning and then, you know, it, it still wasn't enough, but well, you're playing a team that is a nine and oh, that's also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, yeah, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, at least they played a, a you know, the best team in the league tough. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's at least some sort of progress, even though, you know, yep. it's always painful to cough up a three goal or a three, one lead. Yeah. Try to find some kind of silver lining. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at least in the next week, um, uh, Winnipeg has been playing pretty darn well. Um, but Nashville is just kind of a, an okay team. And Pittsburgh, who got off to a good start and was one of the teams that blew the Blackhawks, Blackhawks out early, despite being without Crosby and Malkin and that. They've kind of fallen back to earth and uh, have been kind of playing how people expected them to be without their stars. Yeah. Um, so at least in the next week, the, the Blackhawks at least have an opportunity to maybe make up something. some ground, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be here anyway. And, um, <laughs> Michael, you are on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst. Yep, I'm STH85. And you know, you subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. And yep, hopefully we see some improvement. And either way, uh, we'll be back. <laughs>